We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi there, and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Today is Saturday, September 9th, one of our final weekend shows. Drew, it's hard to believe it's coming down to this. Of course, I am joined by my good buddy, Drew Silva. Uh, we're going to be going over five up and five down. We've done the three up, three down on Sundays all year. We're going to look at five players that did well and five players that didn't do so well in the second half of the show. But let's talk about some headlines and Drew, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, a debut that we weren't 100% sure that we were going to see this year. Evan Carter makes his debut for the Rangers. Of course, it comes with kind of sad circumstances. The reason that he's here is Adolis Garcia being placed on the injured list. But it is exciting to see a player like uh, Carter get a chance to play, especially in a pennant race. Yeah, he had a really sharp first at bat which caught my eye didn't chase any pitches like even some close ones only swung mm -hmm. at strikes in that first at bat and then turned on a pitch and, and punched it to right field to end the at bat with a single then grabbed his first major league stolen base also drew a walk in the game it came in a 6-3 loss to the rangers or a 6-3 loss for the rangers against mm -hmm. uh, what are they the double a midland athletics um so maybe not AAA las vegas now <laughs> oh they've moved up wow good for yeah. them congrats on the promotion good for them, man. got the promotion awesome. and yeah so maybe not like quite the immediate overall remedy for for all that ills the rangers you know who dropped four straight games and are not currently occupying a a spot in the al side of the postseason bracket but pretty good stuff Great. from carter he he batted ninth in his debut but it's worth pointing out, and I'm stealing this from Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, the composite batting average for the Rangers, number five through nine hitters since August 1st is is 206. Oof. And without the kind of power either or any kind of dynamic production that we saw at times from the lower part of that batting order in the first half, like Carter could move up quickly. Um, I'm intrigued by him. I think the plate approach at least passes the high test for me. He put up some crazy on base percentages in the yeah. minors with some power and with some speed. He had a lot of caught stealings in the minors. Um, I don't know if there's going to be like steady fantasy scoring production with the counting stats right away, but you know, he's 21 years old, spent only about a week at triple A. I think it was eight games and yeah, has a prime opportunity to impress for Texas while, Adolis Garcia is on the injured list with that strained patellar tendon in his knee. Yeah, I think this is, I always struggle with this term because I'm not sure if it actually exists, 
But if there's such thing as a high floor prospect, I think that you're talking about that with Evan Carter. It's tough for me to see him not being a solid player. I'm just not sure about the ceiling because I'm not sure if this is a big power guy. Maybe in the coming years can develop some pop. We have certainly seen that from players. Um, Strong kid. uh, So it's not about that. It's just a swing more conducive for hitting line drives. But he does have a really good approach at the plate. And he is a guy that is willing to use the entire field. So that's pretty exciting in that regard. I'm probably adding him. And when we do our Sunday show and give our fab recommendations with Ryan, he'll definitely be high up there, especially with you, when you consider how little baseball's left. Most teams are only have 22 to 20 games left, which is just insane, Drew. This went by so flipping fast. But I do think Carter is absolutely worth an add. I would temper expectations a little bit. It'd be better if you, like you said, was hitting higher in the lineup. Ninth, you know, does get a chance to get driven in by some pretty good players at the bottom of that lineup. That's a really good point. But temper expectations just a smidgen, but really solid to see him there. Um, Wish it was under different circumstances because Adolis Garcia is one of my favorite players to watch. Speaking of favorite players to watch, Mookie Betts with a foot injury going to be out through the weekend. I have two questions for you, Drew. Um, Do you have any outfield suggestions that might make sense for Mookie Betts? And does this put an end to the MVP race? Evan Carter seems like a a pretty good outfield (laughs) suggestion. Um, Yeah, I don't know. If he only winds up missing three games, I don't think it would be a huge blow. I I still think Ronald Acuna is going to win NL MVP. We we talked about it a, a, a few times. Like mm-hmm. he has the narrative of being the season long favorite, and it's hard to right. I think overcome that because it's not like Acuna is like slumping or hurt. He's been awesome. No, I'll actually get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, we got an update late Friday night on that Mookie Betts situation. Like he fouled a ball hard off his left foot in the Dodgers series finale at Miami on Thursday. Was held out of Friday series opener at Washington. But an MRI and CT scan both came back negative for any structural damage. It's being called a bone bruise, which that could cost him more than three days, like a real bone yes. bruise in his foot. He had to leave the stadium on crutches out of Miami. Um, yeah, going to be held out of the Dodgers' entire weekend series against the Nationals. Could return as early as Monday's series opener against the Padres, but that's kind of up for up in the air a bit. Um, and Betts' head cooled off a little bit in September, too. Like He had an unbelievable August which launched him into that nlm mvp conversation like these are his august numbers a 455 batting average 1355 ops in 126 plate appearances 11 homers 30 rbis 35 runs scored in 28 games in august it was one of the the very best months of a great career so far um it should just be a brief absence for him i I hope but this is i guess if you were talking outfield pickups there's there's an opportunity here for Chris Taylor, um, who actually mm. has been kind of hot recently and, and got a turn at leadoff Friday in D.C. Maybe he hits leadoff the whole weekend. Um, they were facing yeah. a lefty and Mackenzie Gore on Friday, but and two righties, I think, to finish out the series. But Taylor could hit leadoff against a righty. Um, he had a he had a two run double on Friday, drew two walks in their eight five win over the Nationals. He also had a a three-hit, five-RBI game on Thursday, Taylor homered on Tuesday. His season OPS is suddenly up to 777 and showing that power of, of when he was more like a, a reliable, exactly 20-homer player every year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Dodgers, I think, are going to be fine on, on the pitching front. 
Um, it's kind of a mess on the pitching front, though, with, with news coming down Friday afternoon that Walker Bueller is not actually going to return this mm. season. His rehab assignment is over. It's not because he had a setback in his recovery from Tommy John surgery, but uh, Bueller and the Dodgers and the medical staff decided he's kind of done enough and it wasn't worth pushing this. Um, had he returned in September, that would have been a 13-month recovery, which is really swift. Tommy John surgery, they've kind of set the standard of it's going to be 14 to 15 months, usually 15 months of, of rest and rehab for most pitchers. Yeah, I mean, look, it was an interesting story seeing that Walker Bueller might return this quickly from Tommy John surgery, but they're doing the right thing. There, there's just too much long-term stuff with Walker Bueller that you can make him. Yeah. And I just don't, I think he ran out of time. That's, that's the biggest thing here is that he just ran out of time. It's even the smallest of setbacks is going to be like, Hey, you can't do this anymore. This is just not yeah. going to work out. Uh, I do think Walker Bueller does have a chance to be long-term one of the better starters in baseball. Still, he's been more than successful. That's the understatement of understatements and the most obvious point. Thank you for tuning into this podcast for stuff that tells you that Walker Bueller can still be good. But I think it's absolutely the right call to just have him get a fresh start. Should be ready for the start of 2024 now. I'm excited for that. Drew, I've never been disappointed in a contract extension before, but I'm kind of disappointed in this one. And it's a weird thing to say. Hermaine Marquez signs a two-year extension, which spans the 2024 season and the 2025 season. It guarantees him $20 million, uh, $10 million annually in each of the next season, uh, up to $10 million in additional incentives. So good for you, Hermaine Marquez. Except you're going to be spending the next two seasons pitching your home games in Colorado, and I can't help Drew but wonder what he could do in a place that isn't that absolute pitching cesspool that is Coors Field. But he's now a back-end guy in fantasy drafts, but good for you, Hermaine Marquez, for securing the bag. Yeah, man. He's just never going to be allowed to leave Coors Field nope. behind as a home park. Yeah, We've been wondering what it would look like if, if he were on another team for 10 years. Oh, yeah. And now we got two more two more to go. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to, he's going to be out through probably July of next year as he recovers from Tommy John surgery, had it in, in right. May of this year. So I, I get it. He, he would have otherwise been a free agent this winter. Who knows what kind of market there would have been for him. So he gets some financial security to finish off his rehab. Um, I get it for the player. Yeah. He spent all of his eight first eight major league seasons with the Rockies now potentially going to run that to 10 full seasons on, on a deal that covers him through age 30. So we might see it eventually. It, it's kind of crazy that he's still only 28. It, it seems like he's been in my fantasy baseball conscious you know, for <laughs> as long as I've been, been doing this and, and hoping that yeah. he could get, make, you know, get a chance to make half his starts at a less hitter friendly home stadium. His career ERA on the road is 3.880. His career yeah. ERA at home at in cores is 5.07. That's not actually an awful home ERA, all things considered the Sure. The large sample size in that environment, but I've yeah, I've just always selfishly wanted the Rockies to move on for him, him or trade him or allow him to move on. And the Rockies don't really listen to me. I've come no. to find out. No, yeah, yeah, I've been making those calls, sending those DMs. They don't do it. Uh, here's a fun stat, Drew. From 2017 to 2022, only three pitchers made more starts than Marquez. Can you name any of them? Say that again. From 2017 to 2022, only three pitchers made more starts than Marquez. Can you name any of them? 
2017 to 2022. Yep. Oh, man. This is bad yeah. radio. But yeah, I like trivia. I, yeah, I know you do. And um, I like trivia too. Man, Lance Lynn was such a workhorse for a while, but I feel like there was some injuries within that time yeah. frame. He is um, not one of them. Okay. It's early in the morning, man. And I'm I know. I'm watching college game day while we're doing this. I understand. <laughs> give me, I understand. Just give you've, you've run out of time. It is Garrett Cole, Patrick God, Corbin, and Aaron Nolan. Because prior to the season, he'd only spent one stint on the injured list in his big league career. So, yeah, I get it. By the way, he was due a $16 million option for next season, but the Rockies were all but assuredly going to use a $2.5 million buyout. So, gets a nice little raise on what he realistically would have gotten. I think the $16 million, though, probably would have gotten picked up if not for the injury. So, maybe cost himself a little bit. Well, you know, you got to get healthy here, man. But uh, here's hoping you can post more great starts on the road and we can stream you because we're not best, using you. The best field. ability yeah. is availability. Chris. Yes, that, that's well, that's well said. That's why they pay you mm -hmm. the big bucks. Uh, we're going to get into our five up and five down from Friday. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never really know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. Drew, this is a pretty valuable tool with so little baseball left, yeah? Absolutely. Go get it. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, go get it. All right, let's go up, uh, go through our five up from five down. I'll just be honest with you. There are a lot of downs uh, that are going to be starting pitchers, which are not expected. But there were some good performances uh, over this day as well. And uh, why don't you talk about probably the second uh, in Cy Young odds right now, uh, Zach Gallon throwing a pretty nice little game today or yesterday. Yeah, he was terrific on Friday afternoon at Wrigley Field in a big showdown for the NL wildcard race. This yeah, this ongoing four-game series between the Cubs and Diamondbacks. Arizona's won the first two. Uh, Gallon allowed only three hits, all singles, and one walk while tallying nine strikeouts over nine scoreless innings. It was his first career nine-inning complete game shutout. He got official credit for a shutout in 2021, but that was the first leg of a double header um and it was when double header games were only seven innings following the covid year um but what a statement friday from gallon who kind of looked to be hitting a wall of, of some sort he gave up a combined 11 earned runs over his previous two starts against the orioles and dodgers yeah i, I meant to check the updated nl cy young odds this morning to see if they had moved um i know blake snell was pretty good against the astros on friday yeah. night as well yeah, Snell still the favorite at minus 220. Gallons at plus 800. Those odds are from DraftKings. I don't know if they were immediately updated this morning, but probably. Um, Snell has been in a ridiculous groove. A, a 1.40 ERA, 161 strikeouts over his last 116 innings. That's like a legendary wow. run, man. Yeah. Um, Gallon on the year, even with Friday's results, has a 3.31 ERA, 195 strikeouts in 187 and, and two-thirds innings. So it's probably Snell's award to lose. He's really going to have to collapse down the stretch or he's going to grab it. Gallon's like, you know, not quite matching the run prevention from a year ago on the whole, but he's been a workhorse. He's leading the majors in innings. Um, That gets you some votes. And you always appreciate from a fantasy ace when your guy's going to work deep and and get you a shot at wins and be able to rack up strikeouts and help your ratios. Um, Arizona rolls into Saturday's slate with a half game lead over the Marlins for the third NL wildcard spot and just two games behind the Cubs for the second wildcard spot. Again, a crucial series there at Wrigley and Gallon did his part on Friday. That was a one nothing win for the Diamondbacks. I should mention with yeah. uh, Corbin Carroll providing the go ahead RBI single in the top of the eighth. Jamison Tyone was curiously pulled at 77 pitches, despite having a one hit shutout through six yeah. innings. Cubs manager uh, David Ross can be one of our five downs from Friday. It, it was not an injury-related removal for Tyon. He was cruising. I mean, at least according to, to Ross's post-game comments, he like just wouldn't. He kind of refused to answer when a, a few different porter, reporters questioned him on it. Um, I don't know. In in that kind of a game, in, at this point in the year, if Tyon's not hurt, he's he's staying in the game to battle Zach Allen. He was actually pitching better on the whole than gallon at that point in the contest i i'm i don't know that was an odd one 
it was an odd one. I kind of got it a little bit just because of Tyon's lack of success for the majority of the year that maybe you yeah. want to get him out before facing that lineup through the third time. I, I, I kind of get it from that regard, but at the same time, he was definitely passing the eye test. That was a really fun game to watch, by the way. Uh, I love a good pitcher's duel, and that's a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. Two questions for you, Drew. Um, first one is, would you rather be the second or third wild card in the National League this year? Because it's pretty obvious that you'd rather be the third wild card in the American League because a chance to play uh, the AL Central, whereas if you're the second wild card, you're playing uh, against Tampa Bay. Both of them, you're going to be on the road. Uh, and then my second question for you is who who drafted Zach Gallon again? Dude, I'm not I'm refusing to answer both. Okay. Like David okay. Ross. Like David Ross, I will not I will not, I will not listen to your nonsense. I think I'd probably still rather be the second wild card and play against Philadelphia than I'm gonna answer your own question. <laughs> the Milwaukee one, just to answer my own question. And by the way, Zach Gallon was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals had Zach Gallon, and uh, yeah, well, you know, oh, the Cardinals—they're a baseball team that plays in St. Louis. Uh, there's some really crappy pizza around the corner of it. Uh, my up is going to be Kyle Bradish. Uh, six innings of two-run baseball, nine strikeouts, and in an 11-2 shellacking of Boston. The, you could do the Baltimore offense as an up two, by the way. They are just playing exceptionally well. Uh, August, the, Kyle Bradish had an ERA of 2.12 with 35 strikeouts and only nine walks in 29 and two-thirds innings, going at least six innings in four of those five starts. He's now gone six innings and given up two runs in each of his starts in September with a 15-3 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. You know, I think the concern with Bradish has been like, hey, is he going to miss enough bats to be a fantasy-relevant starter? And no, he's not a strikeout artist, but he has struck out at least seven in five of his last seven, a couple of eights, a couple of sevens, and he does have the nine yesterday taking advantage of a Boston lineup. That looks like it's maybe ready for this season to come to an end, to be completely honest with you. There's some talented players, but Boston has fallen out of this thing real quick. I like Bradish, and I think he'll be an interesting arm to keep an eye on. Certainly, I'm considering using him for the rest of the season, but I think he's an arm that might be worth the mid to late round draft pick in 2024 as well. Yeah, there's there's definitely some talent within there. We kind of saw that last year when he first really popped onto the scene um, and, and had some good stretches. My Another up for me is, is J.D. Martinez, who was mm. activated from the injured list ahead of Friday's series opener at Nationals Park and got right back to work with a first inning two-run homer off left-hander Mackenzie Gore. JD stands for just dingers, you know. You know that, Chris, right? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he also collected an, an RBI sack fly in the top of the sixth inning to increase the Dodgers' lead to 7-5. to five. They'd go on to win 8-5 over the Nationals, who seem to be more concerned with recouping some money from Steven Strasburg at the moment than winning oh, baseball games. I, I I was hesitant to bring it up when, when but well, I'm sure you saw that letter from owner Mark Lerner on Friday. There's been like a lot of gracious, you know, cross talk, cross reports about what exactly is going on there. Like Strasburg, mm-hmm. for people that don't know, I guess I can run through it. Strasburg and the Nationals had kind of scheduled a press conference for this Saturday. A report came out that they were even going to like honor him and announce the retirement of his jersey for 2024. Um now it seems like, I don't know. And at the time, Nationals GM Mike Rizzo said, yeah, they're going to cover the remainder of his contract. It's an injury-related retirement. And that now seems it seems like they don't want to cover it all. 
or they want to talk about some serious deferred money or some kind of buyout, I'm sure Strasburg would agree to some deferred money. It's it's just it's really complicated. But either way, their owner, Mark Lerner, on Friday um, came out with a big letter chastising the media uh, and all sorts of stuff. And then at the very end of the letter, he said, we look forward to seeing Steven when we report to spring training, like as a active player, what are you talking? Like, what, what are you talking about? It sounded like there was some kind of deferred money agreement in place. I guess not either way. I, I'm, we're we're going to hear more about that in, in the coming weeks. Um, well, anyway, back just, to, to yeah, one go ahead. Thing real quick. the big thing yeah. here is, is that the multiple sources also reported that Commissioner Rob Manfred apparently contacted the ownership and said they were concerned about the precedent that was being set mm. to actually pay this money. I would love a new commissioner in baseball. Please continue with your ups. I did not see that. You yeah. know, from like a business standpoint, I don't know nope. what we're talking about. Nope. This, but... Nope. Just be quiet and talk about J.D. Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do another podcast on Steven Strasburg next week. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, Martinez, yeah, got a little over two weeks off to heal that hamstring slash groin discomfort that had been plaguing him since the All-Star break. And and now he's like a total full go for the final three weeks of the regular season. The Dodgers had that luxury to just shut him down and be like, get right and we'll have you back. Looking like another dangerous bat for the NLS leaders leading into the playoffs. Um, that's been such a nice and really obvious fit right away between wow. Martinez and the Dodgers on a one-year $10 million contract. It was coming off a, a disappointing final season in Boston, but a lot of different teams should have been looking to, to sign J.D. Martinez. Um, this year he's, he has an 860 OPS with 26 home runs and 81 RBIs through 93 games played. There's durability stuff, but you know when he's healthy, he's still got it. Yeah, by the way uh... – Freddie Freeman set the doubles record for the Dodgers today, and there's some games left to be played here. Yep. All-time doubles record is 67. I don't think he can get to that, but he's kind of on 60 watch, and that's kind of a fun little thing. Like, yes, he's clearly third in the MVP race now between Acuna and Betts, but what a season that guy's had, and the Dodgers lineup is just stupid good. It's not fair that they have – they're willing to spend money and they're great at player development. Come on, man. Give everybody else a chance. Uh, speaking of player development, uh, Diamondbacks have done a pretty good job with Corbin Carroll, who you mentioned had that game-winning RBI. Also drew a walk, went two for three. Oh, oh by the way, stole three more bases. Uh, that is actually – it's nice to see him running again. He did not have a steal for the first few games in September, but he's now stolen four over his last two games, maybe giving him a chance to get a little bit of a rest. 45 stolen bases on the year. And Drew, that's in 90, 50 attempts. Excuse me, 90 attempts. Uh, 45 steals. That's a 90% success rate for a rookie who is hitting 283. Steal more. Yeah. yeah, he sure should. 283, 365, 522, 24 homers, a very nice 69 RBI, normally hitting near the top of that lineup. I mean, this guy's just a superstar, Drew. And I was just thinking as I was doing this, it's going to be hard to not take him in the top half of the first round. And in fact, I think it's kind of justifiable to consider him from like two to four. There's just so much offensive upside. There's so many categories that this guy has a chance to fill out. 
I think he's only going to get better. Even if you just get this version of him next year, you're going to be more than happy with the top five selection doing this oh, type yeah. of thing. But I can't help but think that there's more to come from this guy. This dude's a star. I think we're going to see a lot of Acuna Carroll stuff at the top of oh, drafts yeah. going yes, into next year. Um, yeah. But a, another up f- for me from Friday, uh, Trey Turner, who was fresh off paternity leave. Welcome to the world, Tatum Turner, which I like that name a lot. Um, he struck a first inning solo homer off Marlins starter Yuri Perez, part of a two for three night with a walk, a stolen base, two runs scored. The kind of Trey Turner stat line you like to see and we're accustomed to seeing before what was a, a pretty rough first half in Philly. He's been awesome lately, though. Um, eight home runs total in his last eight games, which is pretty incredible for, for that dude. Um, he had eight total homers through his first 76 games this season with the Phillies and has eight home runs over his last eight. He's you know talked pretty openly, or, or his teammates have as well, about the pressures that come with signing an 11-year, $300 million contract. It's it's really not his personality to like be at the center of attention, um, right. even though he's handsome and a a good athlete he's just like it seems like he's more of like a a laid back you know introvert introverted kind of dude for for all the talent that he has and being expected to live up to that kind of bill um he looks a lot more comfortable right now dad strength dad speed he put both on display dad just like confidence and comfort level i i i'm i'm impressed i think he's gonna finish really strong and and the phillies are gonna be a dangerous team in the playoffs man like yeah yeah maybe i mean getting that first wild card like that's not a bad place to be they, they did it last year um and rolled right to the world series i, I wonder if it's I mean, you could argue this is a better team than than last year's right i would i, I think yeah. you could say that yeah um, the only thing I'll, i would say is yeah. oh no please go ahead no go ahead i'm, I'm i, I was, was gonna move saying. on to yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know words that uh, it's all you wait we wasted all that time talking about uh Rob Manfred, and now we're uh, talking over each other. Um, the only thing I was going to say is the only reason why they may not be better is because Aaron Nola, I think, is considerably yeah. worse than last season. But I do think he's a pretty solid starting option for them, and they've got some other good guys as well. More complete yeah, lineup, I was gonna, sure. So. Yeah, and a better bullpen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was going to mention with like their pitching, Christopher Sanchez in that game against the Marlins on Friday – He's got this new or kind of I guess it was like a reworked changeup that he threw a ton mm-hmm. of times against Miami and five scoreless innings, four strikeouts, lowered his season ERA to 3.26. He's got 73 yeah. strikeouts, only 13 walks for Sanchez and 80 innings this year at the major league level. He's he's up to a career high um and pretty far past it now between the minors and majors. The Phillies are going to have to watch that workload closely along with Michael Lorenzen's. There's Talk of those two doing some piggyback starts down the stretch to get ready for what could be a lengthy postseason run. They actually did lose that game to the to the Marlins on Friday, despite the efforts of Turner and Sanchez. But yeah, holding yeah. pretty firm to that top NL wildcard spot. And I think they're going to wind up being there when it all comes to an end on October 1st. Yeah, I totally agree. They definitely, I think, are going to be playing at least three home games before the season comes to an end. Uh, Let's talk about some guys who did not have a whole lot of success. And I want to start with George Kirby. And look, this is more to my attention because of the fact that I am a Seattle Mariner fan who recaps every single Mariner game on his YouTube channel. But I can't help but talk about Kirby for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was another 
disappointing start. Six in the third innings, yes, but four earned runs, six strikeouts, two walks. Uh, given up at least three runs in his last few outings. Has not quite looked the same. Another guy who is well over his innings high. But the main reason I'm bringing him up is some interesting comments that he made after the game. And I don't know if you saw this, Drew, yeah, or not. I did, dude. Yeah. That was wild. So he – and my buddy Ryan Divish pointed out, obviously, too, that George Kirby is the most competitive player that he's covered in terms of starting pitchers. He really takes losses hard. But when he was asked about his start – he told and flat out said, I wish I wasn't in the game in the seventh inning. I had already thrown 93 pitches. Now, look, I think one of the things to keep in mind here, too, is he threw a bunch of pitches in the first inning and not all pitch count games are the same. When you throw 30 yeah. innings in the first inning, it's very hard to keep going deep into games. Unfortunately, the Mariner bullpen has been so taxed because of Bryce Miller and Brian Wu not being Brian consistent Wu. options. Yeah, and by the way, Luke Weaver starting a very big game for the Seattle Mariners. It looks like that's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Uh, who drafted but, him? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you that. That's a fair <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's just a little concerning for me to hear these comments from Kirby um, because I'm guessing that means you're not going to see Kirby going too deep into his next couple of starts. Um, I personally like the comments. I think it's something that, we want to, I'm tired of canned answers from athletes. I want to hear yeah. athletes be honest and give me what they're saying. However, I also understand that that is a big no-no in in clubhouses. They don't want you to air this kind of laundry out when you're out there talking to the press. Keep that in, internal. This is just a kind of an interesting situation to monitor for Kirby, who I absolutely adore in the long term and has been very good in 2023. But I have to lead off with that because I thought that was at least, at the very least, fascinating and an interesting discussion. I mean, you just like never hear that. It's always I want the ball, I want the ball. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, I, I mean, it's it's not a, a good look. I, I don't know the guy. It's nice to hear Ryan Divish say like, you know, that's this is like his personality where he's he was probably just really frustrated and he issued two walks in the first inning. It was a what third pitch batter. inning. Yeah. And like he's issued two walks in a game like once or like more than two walks in a game, like not all, like never all year. Right. Like he's been right. his command has been awesome. So maybe he just felt off and like, like he felt like he had grinded enough. But I that's one, one of those things you maybe talk to your manager and pitching coach about and, and don't go to the media about. I'm This is going to yeah. be a, a blip for him. Yeah. He'll be fine. I, I wanted to mention the ups, too, so that Yankees fans don't yell at us. Jason Dominguez had a another really good night on mm. Friday. Um, I think the Yankees wound up losing that game to, to the Brewers. If I'm accurate, yes. I just want to make sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he had another Homer stole his base, his first major league stolen base had 40 of those in the minors this year um, at 20 years old and 213 days. He's the youngest player in MLB history, history to Homer in four of his first seven career games. He's also reached base in all seven of his big league games thus far. All right, that was our Yankees minute. Now back. <laughs> no, but it's really good to see he's been he's yeah. been as advertised, man. Um, you know, I, it's cool to see him get his feet wet. Like now he's got to be in the opening day conversation, like opening day roster conversation. Oh gosh, two thousand twenty four, yeah. right? Yeah, like hundred percent. Uh, he's yeah. got he's got to get a spot, or they're gonna revolt. Um, which all right. Where does he go in a fantasy draft? Is he a top? Yeah. He's top 100, right? 
Is it like oh, Corbin gosh, Carroll? Yeah. Carroll was like a 93 ADP this year, you know? Yeah, I think he's probably a little lower than that. I, just because, well, I think some of this is going to depend on how it finishes. Like, there's still a good three yeah. weeks left to be played. It's true. I'll see how he does at the end, but uh, that's a really good question. I, I haven't given that one a lot of thought, which is weird because I usually think about these things far too early and far too often. That'll the be hype train is going to be real, watch. though. I mean, the hype train yeah. next spring is going to be like, oh, he just went second round in this draft. And OK, yeah, that's, um, that's true. Anyway, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned David Ross as, as one of my downs from from Friday. So so count that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Also do Andrew Abbott. Yeah. Uh, who's had a really good rookie season overall, providing stability beyond his years to a, a Reds rotation that has needed exactly that some sort of rotation stability with all the injuries and the young starters you know with stops and starts in their careers um it's helped them stay alive all season long in the nl central and nl wildcard races kind of fading right now though um and abbott fell pretty flat on friday in the, their series opener against the cardinals wilson Contreras hit a big three-run homer in the first inning luke and baker cleared the bases on a three-run double in the third, Abbott overall was charged with six earned runs on four hits and three walks over four innings. Um, yeah, just didn't really look right from the get-go. His season ERA moved from 3.22 all the way to 3.64, and the Reds <laughs> lost some ground in, in, in those races. Currently one and a half games back of the third NL wild card, six and a half games back of the Brewers in the division. That dream is dead. Maybe they could still sneak into to one of those wild card spots, but yeah, they're battling with a lot of teams to get there. Abbott threw 118 innings last year in the minors, which is a decent buildup, but he's at 153 innings right now between the minors Big and majors. Number. Yeah, this is going to be really difficult for the Reds to navigate with the rotation so in flux and so young. Like, how do they not at least acquire some innings eaters at the deadline? They're, I don't know. I don't know if ownership cares, but they should regret that because this would have been a year to build some some fan base faith back in the organization they had an opportunity to do that with you know the cardinals being down the 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 division is still up for grabs and and they didn't do enough they were one and a half games up on first place in the nl central on the morning of the august 1st trade deadline the reds are down andrew abbott is down the reds are perhaps down bad yeah (laughs) way to Way to relate to the youths who are listening to this podcast. We love to grab that 18 to 24 demographic. Uh, I'm going to go with Tanner Houck for my down, who had another disappointing start in that 11-2 loss to Baltimore. Big surprise that the starting pitcher had a bad game in an 11-2 loss. Five and a third innings, gives up five runs, gives up eight hits. Uh, Five strikeouts shows that he had some bat missing ability, a couple of walks. Uh, In both of his starts in September, he has given up at least four runs. That's nine runs in 10 and a third innings. Uh, issued three walks, 10 strikeouts. Uh, that's a 7.84 ERA. Huck had his moments, I think, early in the year. But I think this just goes to show you, Drew, this is a reliever long term. This is a guy I think profiles yeah. much better as either a multi-inning guy or maybe even a high leverage guy because there's no question about the stuff. It's about whether or not he can throw enough consistent quality strikes. And I think we've seen, yeah, it's tough against Baltimore, but he also struggled against Kansas City, who is a lineup that, while talented, you can absolutely go get. I think that he's somebody I'm definitely avoiding next year unless he's a closer, and he's not going to be the closer to open next year. He'll be a probably multi-inning 
relief type yeah. who might get some chances you know in the coming. seventh or eighth inning. Yeah, but uh, I do think that Hauk is somebody that you need to probably, if you're using him in fantasy, you're thinking about stacking a lineup against him. Yeah, I mean that the Red Sox need need a Tanner Hauk like that, you know. But it's yeah. it's just been a, it's been kind of frustrating the way they've moved him through different roles. I I think he should be a late inning reliever or multi-inning bullpen arm, sadly, even though, yeah. you know, like a multi-inning bullpen arm isn't that valuable in, in fantasy. It no, just, I, I don't know. It seems like they've got to kind of pick a career trajectory for him or, you know, maybe some other team. I, I could see him being like a, a trade chip too. I know the Red Sox need pitching, but like maybe some other team will find some, some magic in his arsenal and feel like they can make him into a legitimate major league starter. Um, One more pitcher for me to round out the five down from Friday is Mitch Keller. And, I've been very wrong in predicting when we're going to see good Mitch Keller, when we're going to see bad Mitch Kellers. If anyone is like, has been right about that, I'd like to meet them and like hire them. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. The, the key is, I think I've, I think I've figured it out is you should always just avoid starting them against Atlanta. That's like a, just over his last six starts. Yeah. See, we've, uh, we figured something out on the show. Yeah. Over his last yeah. six starts, Keller's allowed more than two runs just twice. And both of those, outings were against the runaway NL East leaders who are now the kind of runaway world series favorites too, with the Dodgers pitching problems Um, in his outing from Friday, Keller gave up eight earned runs on 12 hits over five innings and an eight, two loss for the pirates, no walks, four strikeouts, but that Atlanta lineup can unload on you in a hurry. Even if you don't give up free passes, Ronald Acuna went deep. Of course Um, he's now five homers from joining the exclusive 40, 40 club. He's actually more like 40-70, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's, your, he's your NL MVP. Um, yeah. I don't know what to make of Keller. I'm going to have to like dig in this offseason and try to figure out um, what we can expect from him moving forward. There's definitely talent in there. Um, some dominant stretches this year at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. The middle was not so great. Some, some ugly sure. stretches within there. Overall, a 4.23 ERA, 1.28 whip, 191 strikeouts and 174 and two third innings, someone you can dream on. I just, I never know when it's the right time to play him. Just don't play him against Atlanta. I'm going to stamp don't. that. I'm going to stamp that on your forehead. There we go. That's fair. I'll, I'll meet you in Temecula. Um, I think the thing, I know exactly what's going to happen with Mitch Keller. He's going to have one more mediocre year with the pirates and he's going to get traded know. somewhere and he's going to become I'm a two time Cy Young winner. That's that's what happens every time. It, it, it is what happens with Pittsburgh starters. Congratulations, Mitch Keller, 2026 Cy Young Award winner. I'll say for the Cardinals. He'll, he'll go to the Cardinals in a trade okay. where they give up a couple of prospects, and uh, he's going to do pretty darn well for them. I have seen this movie before. Uh, let's talk about some streamers. And, Drew, this is going to sound like me going, uh, I, especially if I, if I was the person who won. I literally don't remember who won last week's matchup between us. I thought you were tracking it. Who, who did you have? Um, I don't remember. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> we'll, flip a, we'll, we'll flip a coin for who has to post the podcast. Yeah, fair enough. Fair um, enough. Who you got this week though, that you're going with? Because, like, I, I'll, I'll, well, just give people a peek behind the curtain. I'll like write, you know, some notes for like in an outline format for each show. Yeah. But I delete it after every show. Just like because I'll use the same Google Doc and it just says podcast notes for Saturday. Um, so I well, do you remember who you in, used? 
no i don't i don't remember at all oh i guess gosh. we could listen back it's it's on the internet yeah that's fair it's a long did you year. go Xavier curry or was that i did go Xavier curry okay. I, mm, who did no I I, that was the week before i think all right, this is horrible. Yep, <laughs> horrible Go broadcasting. It. Go for um, it. My my Sunday streamer for this Sunday is Jesse Schultons at Detroit, four percent rostered on Yahoo. It is not a good crop of of fantasy streaming options because a lot of teams haven't announced their Sunday starter. Atlanta could bring up somebody that could be interesting. Dylan Dodd going Saturday, and then they're probably going to call another up another starter for Sunday's game. I don't know. Schultons stuck out to me because he's facing the Tigers and. They're only above the A's in terms of combined team OPS. He struggled last time out at Kansas City, but was good against the Orioles before that, which is a good sign. Uh, Schultons has worked as a reliever at times this year for the White Sox, but he's approached 100 pitches recently, so could work deep against a, a very beatable Detroit team. I say throw that dart if, you, if you're desperate for some starting pitching help. A lot of people are in their playoffs right now, so I don't know. I, don't, I feel bad recommending him. Just know in, in, in the tone of my voice that I, I don't like really believe in it. I just think he's <laughs> one, of the, one of the better options on the board. That's fair. By the way, I just looked it up, Drew. I went through our edit document. Uh, okay. You had Johan Oviedo. I did have oh, Xavier Curry. Well. Advantage, Christopher Crawford. Another victory. I'm going to give you its fighting chance this week, and I'll just be honest with you. The, the streaming options for Sunday are terrible. It is not use the guys yeah, that no. you have, but if you really feel like taking a risk, I'm going to go with my old, you know, who's coming drew. I'm going with Ladis Medina. I'm going to take a chance yeah. for him to pitch. Well, and look, his last start, he ends up giving up three runs in four and two thirds innings against the blue Jays. It fell apart late. He was pitching really well in that game. And then the Toronto offense came to life and he didn't get a whole heck of a lot of help from his defense as well. Medina has been a scuffle in a little bit, but I've seen enough flashes of brilliance that I think he's worth at least a shot uh, on Sunday in that start. I just forgot who he's going up against, but I, I think it's the Rangers who look, Talk about a team that's scuffling right now, too. The yeah. Rangers just have not looked the same. I think there is some opportunity for success. Am I using him over stalwarts, guys that you've been using all year? No, but it, a desperation play, I do think Medina can make some sense as a play. Um, Drew, man, you just have not had a lot of success. You're so much smarter than me. Like, it's very clear that you are the smart one in this relationship. And I am calling it a relationship. What? Yeah, I know. I didn't actually Look, go to Notre Dame. This is just a hat. Well, I didn't actually go to Seattle Mariner University. This is just a hat, too. But that doesn't mean you went to a good college. You went to a place that produced Obi Toppin and uh, Adam Troutman. You, you went to a good school. <laughs> and John Gruden. And John Gruden. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to like about Dayton. There's a reason they host uh, the first round of the post uh, NCAA tournament every year. And it's because it's a fine academic institution uh that's gonna do it for it's us a good drinking weekend. school yeah oh <laughs> i am sure it is a good drinking school indeed thanks so much for tuning into the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast uh we're not sure what they call that website anymore but you can follow me at crawford underscore milb and you can follow drew at drew Silv. please hit like subscribe it really helps the show if you rate it uh, we really do appreciate it. And stay tuned for new episodes through the end of the regular season. Ryan and I will be back tomorrow to talk about some good and bad on Saturday and also some fab recommendations. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, hey, because it's Drew and I, go Irish. Go Irish. 
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 